friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger and today I am super excited to kick off 2022 with Michelle Palacios who is going to talk to us about goal setting and looking forward into this new year with your business and how you do that. So welcome Michelle. Hey Lauren, thanks so much for having me. I love planning and goal setting, so I can't wait to jump in and help everybody get started and kick off 2022 in style. Yes, I also love goal setting. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> and today is a great topic. Yeah. Michelle's been on the podcast before, so it was actually around the same time last year. I went back and looked and So if you have been a longtime listener of the podcast, you may remember her from an episode about pricing your products last year. But for those that didn't listen to that episode yet, can you kind of just give us a rundown of who you are and how you know so much about goal setting? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I have a long time background in retail. And Lauren and I actually met when I was working on my Etsy shop. When I was on the podcast last time, we were talking a lot about building up my Etsy shop, The Graceful Goose, and what that looked like, and then spinning that off into its own thing. But before that, I worked for a lot of retailers, like major retailers if you live in the US, like Target and Finish Line, um, Bath and Body Works, a lot of stores that you're used to going to in the mall. And when I was working for them in the corporate office, I was doing what's called merchandise planning. So basically, I was setting goals and building sales plans for these big businesses, which was super fun. But the corporate lifestyle just was not really... It didn't work really well around a family life, not for me. So I ended up coming home to work on my businesses full time and kind of do my own thing. But yeah, that's where I got started was in... was really in like the corporate retail world and then pulling that knowledge over to small business when I started my own and kind of helping people grow theirs as well. Well, so you have that background in like systemization on a bigger scale than just jumping into it headfirst, uh, like a lot of us do. (laughs) Exactly. And if you don't have any sort of business background, or you've never worked in a business before, I think we just kind of get stuck in this loop of reacting instead of being proactive with our time and kind of having a good system for how to set goals and figure out where we want to get to. So for me, that's been super helpful. Most people don't do this because who has the time? But in the corporate world, you'd plan your your quarters and seasons out like six months in advance. I mean, it was wild. We'd have plans set out way far in advance. In this world, you know, you're usually planning a month or two ahead of time. And that's usually sufficient when you're just working on a small business. But it was definitely helpful to see what it looks like on a bigger scale and then figure out how to make that work for me as a small business and now helping other people do that too. Yeah, I imagine that would be really interesting for those of us who have not ever experienced that retail side, like I never worked in a corporate retail environment, how far in advance they plan things. And I'm really anxious to kind of jump into the nitty gritty of this because I was just having this conversation with my husband the other day about how I feel like I'm stuck a lot of times in that day to day, that's not necessarily the most impactful stuff. It's just the stuff that's like right in front of you that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So then it's hard to 
kind of look forward to a month or two months or six months or definitely any further than that to say, you know, what are my big picture goals or like, how can I improve this system or process or whatever versus just like, I have to answer this one email right now. And then I have to move on to this other thing right now. (laughs) And exactly. We get really stuck in like all the tactical stuff, the like to-do list stuff. And it's hard to pull ourselves back and like think about the, yeah, the big picture strategies and am I spending my time in the right places? And, you know, should I be investing in some sort of customer service rep or VA to help me with some of that like tactical stuff? You know, it's hard to know when you get to that point. So yeah, definitely working through, yeah, a plan is, is super helpful for that. Okay. So if somebody says like, okay, yes, you are speaking my language. I need to get more organized and organize my time a little bit better because all of us have limited time. Yep. And that is something that we all struggle with, no matter if you're just getting started or you've been doing this for a while. Time management is a, a really difficult thing. So what kind of uh, structure do we need to be doing here? Like, What advice do you have? Yeah. So my first, I'm going to give a piece of advice and then we'll sort of walk through the framework I use when I'm building out plans for the year and for the quarter. But my first piece of advice is to simplify. I think it's so easy, especially in today's world where you've got, you know, lots of coaches, lots of advice, lots of free tips and tricks to just get overwhelmed with the number of things you could be doing in your shop or you could be doing in your business. And it's super important to just take a breath and focus on simplifying and spending your time on a handful of things that are going to move the needle rather than trying to dip your toe in all the pieces. Because what happens when we try to dip our toes in every strategy is we don't give any one strategy any time to actually really grow and see results. And then we just sort of, we get in this cycle of what I call excitement to despair, where we get super excited about the new thing that we're doing. We do it for a week, we do it for two weeks, and we just immediately say, oop, I'm jumping to the next thing. And then when we go back and look at our results, we think, oh, that didn't work. (laughs) I wasted my time. Why did I do that? I'm never going to get where I want to go. So my first big tip before we dive into sort of the structure of this is to just go into it knowing that the intention is to simplify and really find kind of a core area to focus on every 90 days so that we're able to really drive progress and see some results and understand if what we're doing is actually moving the needle or if we need to make changes. So I just want to put that little disclaimer out there because I think that's really important. I think that that's really good. And I just wanted to add a little bit of like real world experience recently that I had with this. I have been revamping my Scale Your Skills program a little bit to remove the Pinterest portion of it. And it's for this reason that I'm just not seeing the payoff from Pinterest, as well as the students that have been working with that. Just, it's just not, they've dramatically changed Pinterest. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it's its own animal. Yeah. But what, you know, people will say like, but I really want to do Pinterest. Like, what do I do with Pinterest? And I'm like, I mean, that's fine. Like if you want to focus on that and and you want to do that. But in terms of teaching people about building a business, like my whole sort of philosophy about building a business is to focus on the things that are going to get you the most bang for your buck. And so you also have to be able to, I guess, kind of like pivot or transition when you say, okay, I have put the work in here and it's not paying off. And so what I really need to do is not to like try to make this thing that's not working work. <laughs> I need to move on to the next strategy that is actually going to work. 
Exactly. And when you take that approach, when you do things one at a time and you really give yourself time to like be strategic and thoughtful about what you're doing, be consistent with the work you're doing, you can make a really confident decision that it's not working instead of just like being in that despair mode and saying, oh, my two weeks of uh, posting on Instagram, I got nothing. I got 12 likes and no one bought anything. And now I, it's never going to happen. Right. That is true. Like the focus on and the actual like strategy on like really concentrating on goals just a few at a time is important, I think. Because if you like you said, if you said, you know, I posted on Pinterest for a week and it's not working, I'm scrapping that strategy. (laughs) That is not my situation. I feel pretty confident saying it's not working very well anymore. (laughs) I'm sure and I can vouch for you. I've been doing it for years and I'm like, oh, it's not really worth my time anymore. Let them send me says what they want to and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight with it. Yeah, I mean, there's not every single strategy that you undertake or that you try is going to work. Like, that's the nature of the beast. So, yeah. All right. So, we're simplifying, we're focusing only on a few things at a time. And how do we know what to focus on or how to break that down? That's a great question. Okay. So, I think about it in four steps. The first one is not one that would be endorsed by any corporate retail world because they care about their bottom line, not so much about how you feel. But I think it's really important to make sure that we are building a business that feels good, a business that we're excited about, a business that we can see a future with. So the very first step I encourage people to take is to spend a little time, even if it's just 30 minutes, setting some intentions for what you want to see in your business over the next year, five years, 10 years if you're really brave. And that can just be simple questions, asking yourself, you know, how did I feel about my business this year? What worked? What did it? What do I not want to have to ever do again? What did I love doing that I would really like to do more about? So we want to make sure that we're like understanding how things are feeling today, where we're at. We also want to ask ourselves, like, what's our ultimate goal with our business? Do we see ourselves building a business that's really small and contained in our homes? And our goal is just to provide a financial future for our families. Do we see ourselves building a business that employs other people in our community? Are we hoping to eventually own a warehouse or, you know, a storefront? Like what, what would you love to see? Kind of those big dreams. So you want to spend time in the very beginning, just sort of understanding where you're at, how you're feeling, and where you want to go. Because that's going to make it so much easier when you sit down to figure out a sales target and to figure out your goals to understand how hard you need to be pushing. If my goal is just to build a business that brings in $60,000, $100,000 in sales... The amount of effort and the amount of time that's going to take is going to be different than if my goal is to build a business that is seven figures or multiple seven figures. And I fully encourage you to choose the goal that feels best for you and the goal you're most excited about. Like nothing wrong with going in either direction, but knowing where you're at, knowing where you want to get to is going to be really helpful in the next step. So that's where I start. What I want to say to people too is to like, I love what you're saying about sitting down and really thinking about what that looks like for you and what your goal is. And I also would really encourage people to not as much as you can try not to attach any kind of emotion to that or like any kind of pressure or expectation from outside of what you actually want to really think about what works for your lifestyle and what your actual goals are with your business. Because I feel like, especially as, you know, sort of the internet and the information 
on the internet and coaches and all of that stuff has grown, that whole industry has grown, there's sort of this pressure of like, if your goal is not to build a seven-figure business... I mean, I actually had someone say this to me. If your goal is not to build a seven-figure business, then that's just a mindset issue and you need to work through that. And I was like, you know, I have four kids and actually like working is not my whole life. I love what I do. (laughs) And her point was just that like, well, it doesn't have to be your whole life, even if you're running a seven figure business. But what my experience is, and Michelle, I feel confident that you have probably had the same experience, is that as the business grows, even if you hire employees, even if you hire contractors to help you, whatever, there is more stress that goes along with it. Like it's just inevitable that, you know, when I was running a business with one embroidery machine out of my bedroom, it was less stressful than it is now. (laughs) Yeah. The more complex, the more stress it can add. Yeah. And it's not good or bad. Like I love what I do and I love watching the growth of the business. And so it's worth it to me. Also, my kids are older than they were when I first got started. So that makes it a lot easier. And my husband's not in the military anymore. So he's not deployed. And, you know, there's lifestyle changes that go along with that. But I would just really encourage people to think about what really works for you and your stage in life and not feel like there's a right answer because there truly is not. Yes, absolutely. No, I 100% agree with you. And I have noticed the seven-figure push a lot myself too. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow a really big business. Like If that's where you are, that's awesome. But if that's not you and that doesn't feel good and you don't like the idea of running a team, like there's definitely... There's absolutely no shame in that. So one of the, the most important things I talk about with my people is to trust your gut. Like You know yourself. You know what your family needs. You know what kind of business is going to feel right for you. Trust yourself to make choices that are going to create a better future for you and for your family, one that you're going to enjoy for the long term. And you can always change your mind. Like You might be like with Lauren, where a smaller business just feels right right now. And then five years from now, when your kids are in college, you might change your mind. You might decide you don't want a business at all. Or you might decide that seven figures sounds amazing and you're ready to stretch yourself. Or you might be happy where you are. Yeah, there's absolutely no right or wrong answer here. It's just important to take the time to sort of ask yourself those big questions so that you know where you are and where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. My husband was just saying the other day to me when we were sitting over breakfast, he was like, where do you think your business will be in five years? I'm like, I didn't anticipate that I would be here five years ago. So (laughs) it's really hard for me to know. (laughs) It could be right here. (laughs) Yeah, and that would be okay. It would be okay. Okay, so we've set the intention for the business. We are totally, you know, vulnerably thinking about what our capacity is for growing the business yep. and what we actually want from it. So, how do we set more tangible goals to go after so that we can really, you know, kind of solidify it in your mind of this is how I'm going to do that? Yeah, perfect. Okay, yep. So, step number two is going to be to set a revenue goal. Now, if you have a brand new business, You can decide whether it feels good to set a sales target or not, or whether you just want to start small and sort of see where you get to. And I am in support of either approach. If you already have a business and you had sales from last year, then I definitely encourage you to pull up your numbers and take a look at how much you sold in the past 12 months. Even better, if you've been around for more than a year, take a look at your growth year over year. So how did we do this year versus last year? Are we up, down, or even? no right or wrong answer, and then use that information to guide you when you're setting your new sales target. So for example, if I have a $30,000 business, and last year my business was a $25,000 business, 
I've been growing slow and steady, right? I'm up. It's not a huge amount. I could decide I want to grow at that same rate. So maybe I'm going to set my sales target at like 37,000. So I just want to grow, you know, what is that? Mm, 10% would be three. So 15-ish percent, 20%. Yeah. (laughs) If I can do that fast math, maybe you want to grow 20% this year. Or maybe you're trying to grow faster and you want to go from 30 to 100. That's a choice you can make, but you just have to know like that's going to be a much bigger jump. And when we go to set our goals, we're going to have to think about things that we can do differently to really accelerate that growth at a faster rate. So the sales target is going to help inform the kind of goals you're going to set, how aggressive your goals might be, the kinds of things we're going to be asking ourselves and thinking about in the next step. But yeah, if you have sales data, I would encourage you to look at it and set some sort of revenue target that makes sense for where you're at and where you want to get to. Cool. All right. So we set our sales goals and we decide on what kind of revenue we're wanting for this year, what our business trajectory is kind of looking like, and how do we take any steps forward? All right. So now we've got our intention. We've set our revenue goal. Um, We're ready to start thinking about how we're going to break that down to make it actionable. The first thing I would encourage you to do is get out just like a loose leaf piece of paper, a white piece of paper, write down all the things that come to mind when you ask yourself, how can I grow my business? Or what can I do to whether it's build an audience, increase your sales, increase the amount of connection you have with your community, Just take some time to write down all the things that come to mind that you could potentially work on in the next 90 days. And depending on the kind of person you are, you could end up with two pages full of ideas, or you could end up with four. (laughs) And there's no right or wrong answer here. Just whatever is coming to mind. And then we want to pare that down. So I encourage people to set at no more, no more, seriously, no more than three goals for every 90 days. And those goals should be something that you could, in theory, complete during that window. So there may be 90-day periods where you only pick one goal to focus on. There may be 90-day periods where you have smaller goals and you can pick three. But to the point we made, Lauren and I were making at the beginning of the podcast, we want to be really intentional about focusing the time we have on just a handful of things that we think could move the needle in our business. So we're going to brainstorm that huge list. And then we're going to work through prioritizing which of those ideas we think is most likely to get us closer to the revenue goal that we set and is in alignment with the intentions we set. So if I went through my intentions and I said, gosh, I really hate going live. Like I tried going live a lot last year and I just really don't enjoy being on the spot on video. And even though everyone is telling me to do live video, I just don't like it. One of the things on your brain dump list might be (laughs) to do daily lives because in theory, that can grow your audience and it can grow your business. But if you hate it and you know you're going to have a hard time showing up authentically, that you're going to dread it every day, I would encourage you to cross that off and not focus on that. Let's choose some other strategy that feels better aligned with your intentions and that still has the possibility to move the needle forward. Um, maybe you focus, maybe you pre-record videos and you share them that way if you really feel like video is important for your audience so you can do it in a way that feels better. Or uh, maybe you don't do them publicly. You create a Facebook group and you only go live in the Facebook groups that you feel like only the people who are in your community can see you. 
the point I'm trying to make here is like, I really want you to be thoughtful when you're looking at the list of things that you could work on to make sure you're choosing things that not only will move your business forward, but that you're also going to be willing (laughs) and happy to be consistent doing. We don't want to be setting goals for ourselves that we're going to feel miserable about because we feel like that's the thing that we're supposed to do. There's a lot of different ways to grow a business and it's important to pick the ones that are going to feel good and that you're going to be able to show up for. So absolutely. Step three is going to be to just start breaking down your ideas into those kind of core strategies you want to focus on. And again, no more than three, one is perfectly fine for every 90 days. Yeah, I really like what you said there because I agree like there are a million and one different ways that you can grow your business. There's not like an absolute set in mm-hmm. stone. This is the only thing that you can do that will make you successful. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and so like you said, you know, like I was hearing earlier this year and it's still true to a certain extent, although I think not maybe as true as it was that like you know, TikTok is the biggest new thing and everybody loves TikTok and you can grow an audience really fast. Well, I hate TikTok (laughs) (laughs) because I don't really like video very much, you know, and like, I'm not going to like do TikTok dances. Like I just can't, I can't do this. (laughs) Let me reframe that. I don't want to, I could, I don't want to. And so it's like, would this increase my business? Is this the next big thing? I mean, it might be, but like, if that's what I have to do to, you know, because I mean, if that's how you are successful with it, then you have to keep doing it because that's where your people, you know, so if you do Facebook lives every day or Instagram lives or whatever, then you're attracting people who like Instagram lives. So you have to keep doing them. (laughs) Exactly. You're teaching your audience that this is how you, you reach out to them. And if it's not how you want to be building your business, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And the goal here is not to torture yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. We want to build businesses that feel good and that we enjoy showing up for. Yeah. So what kind of goals like, okay, so if I say my goal is to increase my audience, that is really vague. Yep. So like, how do I kind of move forward in that goal to actually know where I should focus or like what, you know, do you have any advice about sort of making that happen in a more like strategic or, you know, kind of a more quantifiable way? Yes, that's an excellent question. Because so many people that get to this point, they set the big goal, and then they just they stop there. And they think that that's enough. And then every day, you're kind of like, Hmm, (laughs) what should I do today to get there? So the last step of the four steps is to create action plans. And we want to create an action plan for each of our individual goals. Again, no more than three. And one is fine. But each of those goals should have individual action plans. So we want to sit down. I like to break each of my goals into three different like mini projects or areas of focus, sort of depending on what the goal is. So let's say my goal is to grow my audience. So my next question to myself would be, okay, where do I want to grow an audience? Do I have an existing audience on Instagram? Should my goal just be to make it bigger? Like, am I seeing good success with what I have today? Or do I have no audience anywhere and I'm starting from scratch? So sort of depending on where you are, how you break out those projects might be different. But let's say you're just getting started and you want to grow an audience. Your first question is going to be, okay, where? Where are my people hanging out? Where do I like to be? Where is sort of the intersections of where my customers want to be and where I want to be? And then let's make building an audience in that platform. And I would recommend you start with one if you're just starting. 
make that the priority. So then my goal becomes, I want to build an audience on Instagram, or I want to build an audience on TikTok, because I love to dance. I don't, but (laughs) somebody else might. Or I want to build an audience on YouTube, because I love teaching over video, whatever it is. So your goal becomes more specific. And then from there, you have to ask yourself, do I need to learn how to do this? Should I be investing in education, whether it's free or paid? would be my next question for myself. Like, how much do I already know about how to do this? And what resources do I need to look for to kind of help me get better or help me figure out how to do this so I can get started? And then we want to make sure that we're creating like a plan for daily action. If I want to build an audience really on any platform, how often am I going to post, right? That's going to be one of my projects. So I need to make sure I'm creating content that I'm going to share three times a week, or I'm going to be creating content that I'm going to share five times a week, whatever it is, one time a week if you're on YouTube. So our ultimate goal here when we're breaking out these action plans is to have something that tells us every day, okay, my goal is to grow an audience on YouTube. I said I'm going to post there once a week. In order to do a video once a week, I need to film the video, I need to write the description, I need to find keywords, whatever it is, right? But all the steps laid out for ourselves that we know every week, this is what I'm working on. I'm focusing on growing my YouTube audience. This is the strategy that I have agreed to. And these are the steps I need to take to make it happen. And that just takes out so much of the guesswork when we take the time up front to set intentions figure out what those goals are, and then actually write down what the actions need to be to try to bring those to life so that we're not scrambling so that when we have two hours between the kids going to school and then coming home from some activity, we know exactly how to use that two hours and we aren't spending half of it (laughs) just trying to figure out which item on our to-do list to focus on. Yeah, totally. So that's how I like to think about it. I think that's great. And I think that also just having those goals that you're in charge of, because I mean, I set sales goals, but ultimately, like you can only do your part of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make people buy from you. So, you know, as you're talking through this, one of the things that I was thinking about was like creating an affiliate program or like a brand rep type program yeah. for like a, a product based business. And, you know, like you can't control other people's actions, but maybe, maybe your goal for this quarter or for the first half of the year is going to be to create this brand rep program. And so you set your more broken down goals to reaching out to 10 people a week or whatever. So, you know, you're doing the work of putting yourself out there, how people respond to you, you don't have control over, but Although if you get like all negative responses, then maybe, you know, you revamp your, your messaging yeah, or whatever, <laughs> you know, but you only have control over your side of it. So, but as with everything else, including sales, most of it is a numbers game. So the more work you put into it to reach out to people, the more yeses you will get from people. Yep. And when you're consistent like this, when you set one goal or maybe three goals and you have really clear plans and you can work those plans every week you are able to really understand if the efforts you're making are moving the needle or not. You know really quickly, is everyone turning down my pitch when I'm reaching out to ambassadors? Or am I getting like a decent traction? People are at least interested. So I'm on the right track. And then you can make changes to keep making it better. So if you're working on building an ambassador program or a partnership program, you can do that. You can have aim to outreach to, I would say, five people a week. Ten could be a lot unless you're doing it full time. 
aim to reach out to five people a week. And if you're getting a good reception and people are interested, okay, great. You have a, you're finding the right audience for your product potentially. Like, you know, you're setting yourself up for potential success. If they're thinking, yes, this is something my audience is going to like, you're creating more opportunities for people to see your product. Like you're doing all the things that you need to be doing to hit those goals. And then yes, to your point, Lauren, we don't know yet if the strategy is going to work or not, but all we can do is keep working those plans and making adjustments and learning as we go so that we make every effort that we're putting in even more impactful. But when we do that stop start thing that we were talking about earlier, where we, you know, you set a big goal, you don't really know what to do to hit it. So you just start doing things willy nilly here and there. You try a platform for two weeks. You just, you never know if what you're doing is actually having an impact. And you don't take the time, you don't have the time or the results to be able to learn and adjust and make things better so that you can hit those goals. Yeah. And it also makes your follow through a lot harder, you know, like back to the brand rep type thing, if you want to do that and you, you know, email one person this week and then three weeks later, you email another person and like, you're never going to have the momentum from responses from people to even put in the work to move forward because you're just kind of like spinning around in circles. So you end up just wasting the time that you are spending because you're not actually going to see it through anyway. Yeah, because it's not getting anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Do you have any recommendations for us? I know you mentioned this sort of at the beginning in passing about like time blocking, organizing your time, that sort of aspect of it for, you know, those of us that don't just have unlimited amounts of time in the day. <laughs> I yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we can talk about how I like to structure my day to make it the most productive. So when I am sitting down to make a plan for the day, and I try to do this every morning, some days it doesn't happen things are crazy with the kids or whatever their calls first thing in the morning. I always ask myself first, what's the one thing I need to do today to make sure that I'm getting closer to whatever goal I set. So one of my big goal that I'm working on right now happens to be building out partnerships. So I do need to make sure every day that I am researching new potential partners, reaching out to them, keeping track on my spreadsheet to see who's responded to me, who I'm nurturing. So that's really important. First thing you want to think about, what is the one thing I can do today to move my goals forward? And then you can use your action plan to help inform that if you're not sure off the top of your head. I also like to ask myself, what's one thing am I going to do for myself today? What little piece of self-care? doesn't have to be a big thing. But when we are juggling family and our own business and potentially full or part-time work, if you aren't at the point where your business is sustaining you... We're giving a lot to other people and we need to make sure we're spending a little bit of time on ourselves, even if it's just, you know, a five minute meditation or a quick walk around the block. So what am I going to do for myself today? And then I prioritize my work to do's and my life to do's. And when I'm going through my to do list, I ask myself two questions. Is this to do going to move my goals forward? And is it going to help me be more successful? If something is a yes to both, then I know it's definitely a priority for today and it goes towards the top of my list. If it's a no for both, then I have to ask myself, okay, is this on my list because I feel like I'm supposed to do it or because I saw someone suggest I do it or is this just something that I want to make sure I don't forget but I don't really have to do today? So that's really important is making sure that the things that we're putting on our to-do list are things that are going to move our goals forward and things that are going to help us be successful And that we do those first and then anything else can come afterwards. If you have extra time, great. If you don't, great. (laughs) The goal is to get through the things that are going to move the needle and they're going to make your day and your family's day better. Great. 
Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I think that we have a lot to think about in terms of uh, goal setting. And, you know, my type A heart just loves (laughs) the freshness of a new year and the list making that comes with goal setting. So this is like kind of my favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. I always make a date with myself um, at the beginning of every new year to like sit down and sort of think through what I want the next 12 months to look like. And it's one of my my favorite days with myself. (laughs) I actually do it with myself and with my husband as well. I think I've mentioned it on here before. I've heard of that. Yeah. I have friends who do that too. And like this was never something like it wasn't something that people suggested to us or anything. We are both just like the most type A people you've ever met in your life. So we're (laughs) both like, let's talk about our goal setting. It's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What a great date. Yeah, I know. Like this is thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Michelle, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm so glad that we could do this today. Um, if people want to find out more about you, or you know, learn more about what you do and how you help people, where can they find you? Yeah, the best place is to find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at M and K Collective. You can find me over there. I'm usually, I'm almost always in my grid in my uh, my posts. I occasionally go live. I don't mind live video, but I don't have like a consistent schedule. So that's the best place to go hunt me down. Cool. Well, thank you again for being here, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.